Hello, and welcome to the Worth the Watch podcast. While there are plenty of movie review podcasts out there, our goal is not to be that. This is supposed to be a fun look back at movies from our past that we have enjoyed. We just want to fill that place between your ears for about an hour. Make your commute to work a little more tolerable, or let you reflect on a movie that you may have seen. Movies can make us laugh and cry, make us cringe in fear, or be a shot of adrenaline. We watch them in theaters with total strangers, at home with friends and family, or on Sundays when it's on cable for the 300th time. When One We Love comes on TV, we get excited. It's almost like, hey, someone else likes this movie too. So if you like what we do, let us know. Follow us on Twitter at WorthTheWatchPC, again, at WorthTheWatchPC, or email us at WorthTheWatchPodcast at gmail.com. Make suggestions of movies you love and want to hear. Tell us what areas you want us to cover. Please keep things clean. We have families who don't want them to be worried about us. Please remember, this is all in good fun, and if something on here offends you, tough shit. Get over it and find something else to be upset about. Welcome to the Worth the Watch podcast. I'm your host as always, Ed Palilla, and with me for every one of them, Mike Kennedy. Say hi, Mike. Welcome to the Thunderdome, bitch. <laughs> Before we get into it, a very special announcement, Mike. What's that? We have now reached, uh, we haven't posted our sixth episode, which is Constantine. I'm finishing editing that while we're, while we're recording this. We have reached 100 downloads uh, between our five episodes that have been posted so far. A little bit of a milestone. Nice. 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 We hit it today. Um, I, was, I figured it would be by the time we recorded the next one, but we hit it today. So very excited. Uh, and for this one today, lots of fun. 2005, I guess you could call it a cult classic. It's kind of more of a snapshot in the life of someone that works in the service industry. 2005's Waiting uh, came out October 7th, 2005. Only made like, I think, 18 millimeters. It more became a DVD uh, versus uh, like something you would. It, it had its run, but it more had a, a future where it got out of the theaters. DVDs and then the, the cable run. It had an extremely low budget. It was like three million bucks like was the budget. And yeah. it made, you know, like, like you said, it made like, I think it was like in the U.S. it made like 16 million and like in the world it made like, eight, you're right, it was like 18 million. It's very surprising considering the cast that they kept. I guess they caught everybody at the right time. We'll go through the cast in a minute. What would you guess the critics rotten tomato score is out of 100 percent for this um unfortunately i think i might have actually seen it It was like 30 something percent percent yes and then the audience score was 75 percent about right this is a audience likes it critics hate it kind of thing imdb score of eight out of ten so a little bit high for this movie but again that's all crowdsourced so we're going to go through the cast we're not going to get into the actual people until a little bit later uh, the actors we'll discuss, but not the characters they play other than their name, and we'll get into those later, as I said. First one, Ron Monty. This was four years after Van Wilder. Now he's, as, you, as we talked about before, Mike, he's known as Deadpool, and he may just become Deadpool. He's been Van Wilder for the last 18 years of my life. If you, if you think about it, Ed. When you, when you talk about Van Wilder and you talk about his actually his character in Waiting, he's pretty much Deadpool in this in these movies. I the was going to say he's actually just Van Wilder now works in a restaurant. 
We'll get into Monty in a little bit. Well, I'm th- well but that's what I'm saying. I'm just like, uh, but Deadpool is the, the exact, the very raunchy, you know, humor. Fourth wall through. breaking. Yeah. 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 Uh, Anna Ferris plays Serena. This was after she'd done, I want to say Scary Movie 2 had already been out. I don't know if Scary Movie 3 yet, but that's what she was known for. I don't think the House Bunny had come out yet. And this is way before she had her run on television. Justin Long played Dean. Justin Long is a choice for, and we're going to have to come up with a name for this. So Mike Think, uh, you guys out there, if you come up, our, our actor for the week or actor or actress for the week, where we're picking their top five performances from. Do you want me to go first or would you like to go first, Mike? Um, go ahead. All right. So at number five, there really weren't a lot for Justin Long. I thought he had a little bit more. Uh, so I had number five, Accepted. Not a big fan of that movie. He kind of plays a bit of a cocky, arrogant guy, but he plays it well enough. Number four, Waiting. Um, he kind of embodies someone on the in a transitional life. Number three, Live Free or Die Hard. I thought he actually was kind of decent in this. He always plays the same character in essence, but I, I thought he, d- he did a decent job with that acting on, beside, of, uh, beside Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Number two, Dodgeball. Again, he plays a weenie in Dodgeball, but he plays it really well. And number one, it doesn't get better than Doc's and Idiocracy. It really doesn't. Hey, how's essay? I'm actually going to disagree with you slightly. Okay. I actually, I agree that I think that his, be- his best character that he's probably played is Idiocracy, but I didn't even put that in the list because he has such a small role. His role is less than five minutes in that entire movie. I know, but he is that movie. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, like I said, I, go, I wanted to try to find something that was where he was a little bit bigger characters in it. So I have my, my number five is Jeepers Creepers, which is yeah. one of his early, early movies, which one of the main characters thought he did a pretty good job in it. Um, I have accepted as well. Um, right in the middle, waiting. Then I also have live free or die hard. And then my number one was dodgeball. Yeah. And I had, I wrote down my honorable mentions were idiocracy. And I thought galaxy quest because galaxy quest. You said you hadn't seen that movie. I have not before. seen that. I have heard nothing but good things about it. And you know, it's kind of like a little, you know, like kind of a very much like a star Trekky type parody. And he plays like a big Trekky dork in it. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Uh, next person, David Koechner plays Dan, the manager. This was right after Anchorman. He'd done uh, Thank You for Smoking and about 10 other movies before this and then did about 65 other movies after this. Luis Guzman plays Radimus. He had just done Confidence right before this and a few years before that done Count of Monte Cristo. Chai McBride plays Bishop. Uh, I knew him most from Gone in 60 Seconds, but he also was in The Terminal, and I liked him a lot in The Terminal. He played the the guy who worked for United. I think he's a baggage handler. John Francis Daly played Mitch. I never watched Freaks and Geeks. Supposedly it's very good, but that's what he – it's the only other thing I could really find a credit from him. Caitlin Doubleday played Amy, Dean's girlfriend-ish – uh, that also works on she hasn't been in much i've kind of heard her name thrown out she's, she's done some of the tv circuit but not a lot i think she was actually an accepted as well probably i've only seen that movie maybe once 
I've seen it play about the same once or twice. It's been so long, too. Next is Rob Benedict, who plays Calvin. The only thing I knew him from was not another teen movie. He's the guy whose house they throw the huge party at. Say, I think he has the line, uh, you guys better get going because I'm going to drive your antique Ferrari down to the city to get a bunch of hookers. He's, he's really, he has a really short scene, but he's really funny. Next is Alana Ubach, who plays Naomi. The only thing I really knew her from was she was in Hung. She was in a couple of us of the TV show Hung. She looked smoking hot in that. She played a neighbor's wife who he ends up banging. Vanessa, uh, next is Vanessa, I want to say Lengis. She plays Natasha, the jailbait of the movie. Only other thing she was in really was Stick It, which was, uh, I think, a cheerleading or gymnastics movie. Gymnastics, yeah, with yeah. Uh, the dude. Yeah, with the dude, <laughs> which she wasn't even the main character in it. Dane Cook played Floyd, one of the short order chefs. This was right in the middle of his stand up career. This was, he had a couple acting credits before this, but this was the first, I guess I'd call it mainstream movie. This is before he did like Good Luck the Month and Good Luck Chuck. Uh, although, and, um, my best friend's girl, those movies, then he had his little run in the mid to late, well, really later 2000s. Jordan Ladd plays Danielle. I didn't recognize her from anything. So sorry to Jordan. And Emmanuel Shariki plays Tyla. She was right in the middle of her entourage run as being incredibly way too good for E. Did I miss it? It's a lot. It's a big cast. You know, like you said, like with that Andy, what's his name? Milanakis, whatever the T-Dog and Nick. Oh, are in. yeah, they're like T-Dog. I don't even know if he's ever been in any other. <laughs> like, I've never heard, heard of them. Before. They were a funny piece of this for about four seconds. All right. Uh, that's the whole cast. So I, I hand the reins to you, Mike. All right. Like I said, first thing I'm going to do just give you a quick, quick summary of the movie. All right. We have staff at the restaurant here, shenanigans. Uh, during the days, they like to engage in some various pranks and different things, both on and off the clock. Um, today, on this day, though, that we see, this is, this is one day, this movie takes place in one day, um, our waiter, Dean, Justin Long, must choose to either accept this promotion from the manager, Dan, or do something else with his life. He's kind of at this crossroads in this life, and he's trying to make it, doesn't know what he wants to do, very confused. Um, meanwhile, uh, his coworker and roommate, Monty, uh, Ryan Reynolds is fighting the temptation not to bang Natasha, the hostess who's underage. Uh, while also at the same time, he's showing the new employee Mitch around the restaurant, showing him the ins and outs of the restaurant life. That's pretty much how the whole, the summary of the movie, what we're going to go through. And now we can break it down a little more like scene to scene. This, this movie jumps around so much from around that it's really hard to kind of you can't start from just start to finish it's a very difficult movie it, it, yeah to try and describe it start to finish as we've done with some of the other ones would have been a disaster even though i know we've kind of gone long on some of the other ones but for example we did constantine that one ha is very intricate and detailed this one is the opposite like not much of a plot really too much you know no it's just a day in the life yeah and they managed to slam all these jokes into one day's worth so, 
we start the movie. It kind of opens up. We see Dean walking into his house. Looks like probably after like a shift or something like that at the restaurant. Uh, walks in. They're having a huge party at his house. And you see, if you haven't seen, I had seen the movie before, so you notice that everybody that he works with is at this party. So all these people who work together are partying together. Monty tosses him a beer and he says, thanks, Cochise. So that got me interesting to know. Cochise, what does that mean even? I know I've said that in my life. Oh, I have too. I've said it a thousand times. And found out that Cochise was a famous Apache leader. <laughs> I was going to guess an Indian name. It kind of sounds like an Indian name. Yeah, and it's slang for power chief, pretty much. Good enough. What, what okay. When I saw this, it reminded me, there is nothing like coming home to your place when there's a big-ass party going on and someone hands you a beer as you walk in the door. That's such a relief. Like it's, it's a, uh, what's the, what's the term I'm looking for here? It's so bittersweet because you're stuck at work, but it's such a relief that when you walk in, there's already a party going on. Yeah. You, there's always something going on and it you're just makes you more sad. Like, I, like I said, Ed, I know you worked when we were in college, you worked at, you know, it's grocery store in a bar and, uh, I worked you know, at the grocery store, and then I worked at the bar. So I either had getting off at 11 or getting off at, like, 4. And then I was like this. I worked in a restaurant, actually. Right. So yeah. This, like, a lot of this really hit home, and we may have learned a few things from this movie. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, one thing I of note, though, is it's a guaranteed to be a mess when you try and play catch-up to everybody else that's been drinking for four hours before you get there. <laughs> Somehow you go to – the drunkest person at the party. Typically, yes. Yeah. And that's what I was just gonna say. Go this, this, that, that scene when he's walking in just kind of reminds me of even in college. Because I remember when I worked at my restaurant, that all those, most of the people that I worked with, we'd party after work. Right. You'd go upstairs to the apartments upstairs, or you'd yeah. come a bunch of you come back to. It did. It it was like a flashback to getting out off of work at college and knowing there'd be people there at your house. Exactly. So the next day, uh, Monty walks in, uh, he meets Mitch, the new trainee. He's supposed to, you know, show him, show him around, show him the ropes a little bit during the slow hours. I just noticed this scene. You just notice kind of Monty's kind of an asshole. He tries to shake his hand. He doesn't do, he just does ignores him. Right. Uh, Monty asks him if he's ever worked in a restaurant before and doesn't even let him answer the question cuts him off that's kind of a ongoing theme in this movie Every yeah it's a running joke or mitch tries to say anything everybody at the restaurant cuts him off he doesn't can't get a word in at all the entire time throughout the movie and my this is one of my this pretty much sums up the movie right here is he looks at me says if you want to work here at this restaurant you need to ask yourself one question how do you feel about frontal male nudity he just kind of freezes, like uh, starts laughing. He's like, "Oh, what?" And he's like, yeah, "Pretty fucked up, huh?" <laughs> <laughs> and this is where Monty explains the gist of the game that they play at the restaurant. And the object of the game is to get participants to unknowingly look at your testicles and or penis. And if they do, you get to ridicule them for being a meat gazer and get to kick good, them in the ass. Good term, meat gazer. And. I use that because they use the term fag a lot in this. And yes. this came in 2005, and you could get away with that in 2005. Yes. Everybody's much more PC now, and 
that's something that when we talk about this movie surviving, could they make this movie? Yes, but they would have to change some terminologies. Yeah, have. it's I, I don't want to say it's PC. It's sensitive. Everyone's a little bit more sensitive. Could we call it that? A little bit of both probably is what it is. Yeah. Uh, Monty then described about his first day that when he was being trained, he wasn't even warned about the penis game, that they just told him to go in the back to get some condiments, and he just got to see a giant steaming pile of cock, as he, as he described it. Can I and have I, something what, here? What, what I noticed is that when he's showing that scene, you see the guy's legs dangling. And his legs aren't just... He's That's what I was going to say. It looks like he's, he's been hung. Yeah, pr- pr- pretty much. I think it's because he's supposed to just be imagining it, you know, like that he's just floating there in the air in front of him. Uh, maybe that's it, but it looked it, like it, they hung it, someone it, and ripped it, their pants it, down. The legs just kind of dissipate into the air. Yes. And this is around the time Dean, we meet Dean. Dean, don't really get too much about it, but he had just had lunch with his mom and she's telling him about one of, somebody he used to went to school with named Chet Miller and how he graduated from college with a degree in electrical engineering. And Dean and Chet all had the same like honors classes. So his mom's pretty much making him feel like a piece of shit because he's working at a restaurant. See a mom, seeing a mom with the passive aggressive lines picking at her son. Yes. You, you got to love that. There's not a person on this planet that doesn't go, oh, I've been there. <laughs> exactly. Like, well, this person's doing this now, so why aren't you doing that now? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but this is where, you know, Dean comes into the restaurant after that and just kind of is trying to like, you know, talking to Monty, talking to Mitch. And he's just like, if heterosexual men can't show their cocks to each other, then what the hell are we doing here? And I just really enjoyed that line. Yeah, it's so, a good line. Before we really get into the next part, I just want to kind of like, there's a lot of people we talked about at the very beginning, and there's so many scenes in here. Let's kind of talk about some of the characters a little bit. Sure. Uh, maybe just describe little things, and maybe if there's some scenes that pop in and out of the movie, we can just kind of talk about a little bit of their background. Like, I'm going to start with Calvin. For some reason, I have a lot written down about Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why you do, because I don't have any – I barely have anything written down. Well, he's he is super insecure uh, – He's got a, he's actually, the reason why we even see him now is he's working a double shift. I know that day for um, some chick that he's pretty much whipped over. Her name's yes. Christy, actually. Even he tries to get some advice. Uh, they call a meeting, Dean and Monty call a meeting with the other, the two other girls for help. I'm like, what should he do, you know? Cause he's like, how do you get girl? Like Monty's like an asshole. And he's like, how do you get so many girls? And you're such an asshole. And he's like, Hey, don't girls like assholes. And they're like, we, we agree that you're an asshole, but more saying that, you know, girls like self-confidence and they, I just like how they just get in his face and pretty much just act like he does. Like, are you okay? Is everything all right? Like, is, are you doing okay? <laughs> and just, cause he's just a very self-conscious little. Yeah. He's one of those people that yeah continues to, uh, later on it comes out too he's what's wrong what's going on what did I, what happened what it, yeah and they're and they're just like you know i'm pretty sure you have to actually get the pussy before you can be whipped by it yes and i enjoy the one scene where he's talking about how he 
Monty's making fun of him saying he has masturbated with his tears. And he's like, that was only once and I was drunk and it was Valentine's day. <laughs> <laughs> kind of sucked that one. in. that was a good line there. Yeah. During this insecurity thing, the main thing, this is probably my favorite part about Calvin is he is afraid to pee in the bathroom. He has a peeing issue because three months prior he was taking a piss at work and some guy was staring at his dick. And he's like, as he described it, he was staring at his dick like they were old pals. He's like, I could practically hear what he was thinking. Whoa, that's a nice dick. First off, that's a compliment. Exactly, right? But I mean, the guy's like, is in the, when they show the scene, he is like aggressively staring at his penis. <laughs> but since that time, he hasn't been able to piss. So he goes to see Bishop. And Bishop is kind of like our therapist at work. Yes. I enjoy when he's the therapist at work because he's back in the kitchen smoking a cigarette every single time he's giving people therapy. Yeah, he's always back there smoking. He's but, um, he's like the calming influence. Yes, very calming influence. So er, he's having trouble peeing because every single time he pees, he thinks people are trying to look at his dick. And even when he's in the stall, he thinks people are outside wondering what, why he's having trouble peeing and everything like that. And Bishop says psychosomatic auditory hallucinations i looked it up it's a real thing <laughs> yeah yeah i think they put in the work to make sure that the terminology was right so not bad for a dishwasher not bad for a dishwasher but i enjoy when he's telling bishop this story about his problem peeing and wanting to know what to do he stops what he's doing to stand up to play the penis game yes and, and this is it. something i noted down if he's so weird about people looking at his junk, why is he whipping out his his balls to show the bat wing? It's, that's that's exactly what I have. I go. He stops so he can stand up to give Radimus the bat wing, which we will describe shortly on what the bat wing is. And I love his reaction. Is oh, it's so veiny. Yeah, <laughs> Radimus is it's fantastic. Like, like he's worried about people in the cell looking at his penis, but he has no problem playing the penis game with everybody. Right. That's that's my just about Calvin is that he's he's got he's got his own set of his own problems here. Then we have Monty as we talked before. Ryan Reynolds, he's a he's an asshole. He's a coxman. He's always got a line, pretty much a comeback for everything. He's really wants to to bang Natasha, the hostess, who is seventeen years old and a minor. Yeah, but he, he is Ryan Reynolds playing Van Wilder, playing Monty. Exactly. He is a. I love when he walks in. He's just first thing he says in Dutch is, "How's my favorite minor?" Yeah, and she makes. And I believe she says, "I'm only a minor for another week." And then I forget what his response back is, but something on the line, he's going to capitalize on that. Um, I know that uh, she does say, "Hey, Monty, I'm on." He goes, "He goes. I guess I better hurry up then." Yeah, <laughs> to to get there before As he's got to do it before <laughs> she turns. Exactly. 18. That's pretty much Nanti in a in a nutshell he's in so much of the other scenes and in the movie that there's not too much dean we described him he's actually dating amy who is also way out of his league by the way <laughs> she's hot oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> which we find out they've been dating for like three months and like we just said before doesn't really know to know what to, he should be doing with his life he's going to get offered this assistant manager job does he go to college does he get serious with amy oh and chet miller he can't stop thinking about chet miller and chet miller I we, I have I have some feelings later. Yeah. Oh, I do too. But we realize, you know, when he's a waiter, like he seems he's he's smart. He's got good memory about you know. I remember Dean goes to try to get some advice from Bishop, 
about the manager position. And I just love how he's like, you have to make your own penis showing game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it kind of explains how the circle of people were unhappy there. Then Radimus came along and started the game, and that brought everybody back up, which brought morale up, which brought customers back, which brought tips up, which brought everything up. Exactly. Uh, like we said, we talked about Bishop kind of already. Um, I do like whenever Monty is giving him the tour and he introduces him to Bishop, he just kind of stops him. I want you to do something for me. He's like, I want you to observe very closely your surroundings today. Take everything in. Leave no mental stone unturned. Can you do that for me, Mitch? And Mitch is like, yeah. You know, like shaking his head, yeah. Then I want you to think about your life. What your wife would have been like if you'd been born blind. <laughs> Such a random thing that he does ask. It, well, it's like everybody at the all the you know they know he's new, so they're all fucking with him a little bit, right? <laughs> you yeah. have to, when you're a newbie, you you get it. You, you get you get some of the you get messed with a lot. So we have Serena here, who's Anna Ferris. She's your typical pretty girl, kind of has a crush. You know, I think she still kind of has a crush on Monty. We find so out there's Monty, still a little bit there. They, there's still a little bit of tension between both of them because Amy, I don't really have like nothing written about her other than she really gets screwed on her tables because she gets the bitch table and she gets the foreigner's table. <laughs> oh, yeah, she does. <laughs> That's really, a, you know, like she's also just your typical pretty waitress, you know, just probably in college or just out of college, just getting by until something else comes up. Then you have your Nick and T dog. Which, you know, we meet Nitin T-Dog. You know, they just want to be thugs, but they're busboys. They smoke weed on the job. They're lazy as fuck. You know, they, like I said, they act like tough thugs. They talk about wanting to run drugs. But as soon as Dan, the boss, yells at them, they're like little, like scared. Like, oh, okay, yes, we'll do it, sir. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're in the back huffing the whipped cream bottles. Huffing whipped cream bottles and pretending like they're going to, grow weed and take over the city and and when it, while they're high and passed out they dream about letting their boss stand on fire pretty much <laughs> uh then we have natasha who is the we discussed as the young 17 almost 18 year old girl she likes to flirt and play with the manager dan's mind like and in reality she wants to to bang monty is what the truth is it's the truth for everyone like right we have Naomi that you discuss, who's just a complete psycho bitch. <laughs> yes. In the entire movie. And the great thing is how she's able to switch back and forth from complete psycho to the nicest waitress. Yeah, you can with find. a big smile on her face. Yeah. yeah. I, I like when she first meets Mitch, she like bitches about how many people are at the restaurant. And it's like, like, why the fuck are we adding another person? Look how dead it is. And, and, then, and then she just looks at Mitch and goes, What are you looking at, fuckwad? Yeah. <laughs> So I thought about this, and again, I'm I'm probably getting a little too into it, but I feel like we all either have been or know someone that has been at a job that they absolutely hate, that they easily could quit and move to a different job and still didn't quit. You know, it goes on for weeks yeah. or even months, and this even hurts. years, some of them, where they're just, they're there, and you ask them, why don't you quit? And they're like, uh, just because they're so used to getting up and going there and being miserable. And she's the example. You know, it's like, like you said, angry when they're not around the customers, puts the fake smile on the customers, talks about the customers behind their back. and Screams this, at everybody in the back. Well, it, it's kind of, that reminds me, you know, I did a lot, a lot of like when I first started working at the restaurant, I worked in the kitchen a lot. 
And I remember even we'd be up front taking orders. We wouldn't, you'd give out table numbers so they knew where to take the food. Yeah. But we would do, sometimes it was slow. We wouldn't give them a number. We would just type a description of what the person looked like. Lady who shouldn't be ordering wings. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't just go with green shirt? You wouldn't just go with green shirt? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like that always was just like green shirt you know, blue hat, you know, something just like that, just to describe them. But also just like, you, you know, it's, this is exactly the kind of stuff that happened. I kind of put down Radimus and then I put down Radimus and Danielle because Danielle is like kind of in it a little bit. And I, I, I just really love their interactions. Oh, it's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> um, like Radimus, we've got some Luis Guzman, Danielle. You don't ever take me anywhere. I took yeah. you to the movies. <laughs> Kept kind of trying to get me to jerk you off. <laughs> and she's just like, you know, you just don't. He's like, well, didn't I ask you to, to be by my side at, the, yeah. at my uncle's funeral? She's like, yeah, but you kept trying to get me to jerk you off. <laughs> it's so funny. Everything. So he's like acting like it's, it's not all about sex. And it's like another thing. Somebody totally out of your leg too, right there. She's oh, like yeah. 100 times hotter. <laughs> but very dumb and, so and dumb. easily manipulated and has a thing for men that are at least 10 years older than her probably 15 years older than her he's probably at the point of this 40 and she's like 25 at least just like you know she's like hey you know it's nine o'clock i just wanted to tell you i'm, I'm gonna leave and he's like hey baby want to go to the car and have a little sex yeah <laughs> And they're just walking around the restaurant looking for a place to have sex. And they end up I think sex. I think we've all been there at least once before, where you're just trying to find a place, <laughs> trying to find a place to have sex. And then I wrote down Mitch and just left it blank. <laughs> you don't know anything about him. You don't know where he's from. You don't know what he does. He's kind of. I wanted to introduce the characters because um, when Monty's going through and introducing everybody, he kind of introduces them to a lot of the characters. You you kind of are Mitch for a lot of this movie because you learn about these people at the same time he learns about these people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The, one of the main people is that he meets him too, that he kind of hands him off. He goes, he sees when he meets Radimus, he's like, all right, you know, this is Radimus. You know, Radimus, I figured I'd let you introduce him to some of the finer points of the game, the penis showing game. Um, so right before he does that, he shows him around. He shows him around the kitchen a little bit, and he introduces him to Floyd, who's Dane Cook. And I just love this news. He goes, "Just like this is Floyd." Hence my opening, "Welcome, welcome to the Thunderdome, bitch." <laughs> now look, the main thing to remember is to get the other guy to unknowingly look at your cock and balls. Okay, don't just fucking pull down your pants and say, "Look at my dick." You gotta be sneaky. I want to go through the positions with you. Okay, the first one's the easiest one. Okay. Call that one the lock. All right? All you got to do, pull down your pants real quick. Show them the goods. They look. You get to kick them in the ass once. Second one is call the brain. Right? What you got to do there is you got to isolate your nuts with your fist. Okay? Now, take take the time to look at it, okay? Because it bears a striking resemblance to... Ah, brain, yeah. <laughs> okay. For that, you get He's using the chicken leg. For the record, there was a lot of brain giving in senior year of college. Well, I said, after this movie like, came out, literally there weird was a lot of that. 
we were literally the age of these people pretty much when this movie came. We were like 20 or probably, you know, 20, 21 we were years 21, old. Uh, 20, yeah, we would have been 21. Yeah, like 21 years old when this movie came out. No, 22. So. 22 when it came out. 20, 22 in college. Four we dudes in, a, in an apartment just became part of everyday life. This whole scene that crashed me, like, is how he's using the chicken. Okay, so, now the third one, I call it the back way. Okay. What you do is you take the excess skin from your nuts, and you take it, and you make it flat like paper. All right? Now, once again, if you take the time to appreciate this, you see that it looks all veiny and alive like a bat wing, right? They look. They get three kicks, all right? Then it cuts back. It just cuts them going, and that's the Abraham Lincoln. But you got to shave it in the shape of a beard, or it doesn't count. Yeah, exactly. I kind of like to hear the rest of it, but I think that was what made me laugh even harder was the fact that they cut back and he's still explaining it and kind of just sneaks that in. And then he goes over the goat, and the goat is pretty much like the fruit bowl where yes. you just stick your balls and it was yeah it was known as the fruit ball before it was the goat and you just bend over and he just takes that whole like chicken leg and he's like holding <laughs> it between his legs and he's like just like that and he makes sure it tells me he goes you have to make fun of them for being a meat gazer the yeah. game loses all the fun yeah and, and love at the very end he goes you know we're always looking for new positions so next time you got a little downtime play with you know, your balls <laughs> play with your nuts and see what you come up with yeah so play with your nuts <laughs> Uh, it's just such a great scene. I love it. So then, after that, it kind of cuts to all the waiters outside, and Dan's giving their little pep talk, you know, for the day, you know, talking about teamwork and, you know, and if you piss off the hostess, she's not going to seat you. If you upset the bus boys, they're not going to clean your table. And I just love how it's just like they just cut to a scene of her just like being a ditzy girl. They cut to the bus boys that are high eating the fresh produce, like in the cooler and like and if you upset the cooks they won't take care of your food and it cuts to Radimus holding like a thing of onions and just like pulling them away and he's like <laughs> they're playing the penis game. Yeah he goes, Oh the brains he's like oh the brains you just see Dane Cook just like ah fuck <laughs> just cracks me up how they're like showing him what what's going on while he's talking <laughs> yes <laughs> to the waiters outside. He's his line is you know, the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is that little extra. <laughs> and I love how he ends again. Push the fist. It's a push the fish. It's about to turn, which is something at the restaurant. Like, I don't know if we push the fish or anything like that, but we would run a special that day when something. In general, like, restaurants do exactly that. It's it's not because, oh, it's special. No, it's because, oh, it's not. And it's not that it's about to turn. It's that, like, you know, maybe it's been in there a day or two and it's time to to sell it for the most part. Like I know at the restaurant we were, we didn't, we didn't give out terrible food like that. <laughs> and this is kind of at the same time he calls Dean into his office and kind of offers Dean the assistant manager position. And Naomi overhears it. So she tells the whole staff and so they all know about it, but he's just kind of trying to keep it on the DL because he doesn't really know exactly what he wants to do. And it just kind of, and then at, from that scene, it just kind of cuts to everybody at their tables they're starting to wait. Customers are starting to come in. They're starting to wait on tables. We kind of see what kind of customers are working out. We see some people are getting, you know, uh, I think it's Serena's gets a table full of like, you know, 
guys about her age that she's flirting with. Right. Dean gets this redneck. Amy gets this table with a huge bitch at it. Right. And so I'll just kind of go over the, the gist of the redneck table. As soon as he goes up to the table, he's like, you know, okay, get something to drink. He goes, yeah, give me a single shot of whiskey and a double shot of whiskey and show up a water. Yeah. You know what? It's our anniversary. Make it a Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> He's uh he's he's as much trash as possible. Oh yeah, and you know he complains about everything. He complains about like, oh man, it, 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 what, what took so long for my food to get here? He's like, well, you ordered two well done steaks, so it kind of takes a little bit of time. Well done with ketchup. Well, he guess nothing sets off the flavor of a steak like some ketchup. Because <laughs> he asks for more. Do you know who else orders their steak like that? No, the president of the United States of America. Well done with ketchup. Well done with ketchup. Well, guess what? I don't. <laughs> no one should. He goes, and you know, he's like, brings him, you know, how's everything? He's like, food could be better. Like, Bring me an extra roll and yeah. a check. And so it's a $63.09 check, and they leave him a dollar and 91 cent tip. So pretty much Dean goes after this guy passive aggressively. Trying to, you know, trying to give him his money back, being like, you need this more than me. And the guy just like freaks out because he knows he's just been disrespected by Dean. Something that I, that I notice is that I just love when he's like yelling at him and he's like, I want some gift certificates. I want a keychain. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, and, and some Sundays or something. Yeah. He's like, all right, all right yeah, yeah I'll, I'll get that. We'll send it to you. He's like, Nah, I want the Sundays right now. You're gonna yeah. send Sundays just like send the Sunday to my house. Something you don't notice at the time, but she gets uh, Natasha gets their address to send stuff out to them. Send them out some of the swag, and it ends up she gives Keckner Dan the, that address at the end of the night. Yeah, because he he wants to come to the party with everybody, and he just kind of goes. She's like, yeah, when I when I know where it's at, I'll give you the address. And she ends up giving him the address there. So he's all, like, excited to go. I think he's going to get her drunk and hang out with her and ends up at the redneck house. And I just love when the redneck yes. answers the door at the end. He's just, like, in his underwear. He's like, so you bring my, you bring my gift certificates? <laughs> and he has, I think those are Seagram's. I think that's what those were, right? Those Seagram's. Uh, oh, yeah, like the spirits. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what kind of, like, in the bottles, like the. Yeah, the Seagram's bottle spirits, whatever they are. Yeah, something almost like a Zemus type Zima type drink. Almost, I don't really know what it was. They don't make the Zima anymore, do they? No, uh, some places they do. I think I thought it was a. I thought it, it was no longer. But my brother was telling me a story about how somebody brought some Zima. The one of the last times he went camping, and he's like, my brother could not finish half of it. <laughs> he said it was so disgusting. Oh, it'd be so gross. Um, do you remember when icing people was still a thing? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's still a thing. People probably still do it to this day. I would not be happy if I got iced, though. No, I got iced once in a bar, and I legit was sick for the rest of the night. My stomach was – it's so much sugar. Yeah, it's not It's not a good thing. Screw icing. It's fun while it lasted when my stomach could handle it. Not anymore. No way. Something that I noticed, I kind of forgot I just had this written down. I was kind of in a random spot, but uh, – Afterwards, Dan's yelling at him in his office. And you kind of see in the back, you see Dan's associate. While he's getting out, he kind of is peeking at, at Dan's like associate 
of arts degree from the community college that I think that he's taking classes that Dean's taking classes at. And you see the name Daniel Christopher Pratt. Yes. And Christopher Pratt is Anna Ferris's well now ex husband. Yes. I don't know. I I guess that was a on purpose to like to kind of throw at him. No, but I don't. No clue. No clue. Because I, when we get into the the random internet facts later, I I had a hard time finding much, but that was one of the ones that they did mention. Yeah, like I, like every single time I was trying to find something, I just it just kept taking me back to you know IMDb and giving me the same sort of thing. Yeah. But then we have Amy's table who has this bitch. And it's, it amazes me with this, with this lady is that she's such a bitch that you can look at the faces of the other people at her table and they're even done with her. Like, you're like, I'm sick of this lady. Yeah, they're very uncomfortable. She may be their boss. She may be their friend that's been around for a long time that they can't get rid of. She that's, may be someone they don't really know that well that's like a friend of a friend. I never really even thought about that, but being the boss could definitely be the thing because I just feel like they have to go to lunch with her and, and pretend to laugh if, at her joke. Well, even if she's a bitch, maybe she's like taking them out to lunch and they're she's paying for everything because they're talking about her getting stiffed. Like she's probably gonna get stiffed, probably and not maybe not only get like ten percent. Right. But when I was like thinking about it, I go, you know what? I was like, if they all get separate checks, the other ladies will probably be nice because the friend was such a bitch. Yes, but probably like, she's the one. If she's the boss, she's the one paying ten percent. Yeah. Yep, and that's that's the thing too there. But this is this this is a this is the scene of the movie. Yes, exactly. This is the scene of the movie. So you go through here to describe this this bitch. She she starts out by saying, "I don't mean a bitch." That's not a great way. Once you start a sentence that way, that's it. I don't mean to be a bitch, but the last four times we came here, the food was awful. First off, when someone's exactly when someone starts off saying, I don't mean to be a bitch, you're a bitch. Yeah. Second, if the food sucked the last four times, why are you going there? My exact (laughs) thoughts. It's I said it out loud. (laughs) Why are you here? And, And there's just little things that like you see like them going back from far away, and she's like, when I say extra lemons, that means enough for our waters and then some more. <laughs> Just little things I noticed. And that, she's she's so fed up that she can't even take the food out. She asks Monty to drop the food off for her because she's yeah. can't the fish anymore. And like I said, you're kind of a family there, and you help each other out when you can to kind right. of give them a break. So he's he's nice. He does a, He goes over. He drops off the food. She complains that she's not done with her salad yet. And when he dr- puts the steak down, she's like. Wait, did that waitress listen to a word I said? This steak is medium rare. I asked for it medium, and I wanted extra gravy on my mashed potatoes. Let me ask you something. How hard is your job? How intelligent do you have to be to take a food order? How oh, hard is your job? That's the, that's the line that did it. Yep. Monty just plays, you know, kill him with kindness, pretty much, you know, type thing that you're trying to do. She's like, you know what, ma'am? I'm sorry. You know, completely our fault. It's like, you know how many times I've had to, like, how many times? I don't know. I didn't have to do that that many times, but how many times you just had to play the good guy and, like, deal with somebody that... You'll you'll never see him again, so just, you know, bite your... In a small town in Indiana, you do see him again. That's true. That's true. 
But she was like, so she was like, good. Now I can finish my salad. He's like, we're going to, we're going to take this back. for you. He's taking the food order back to the cooks to fix it. And he realizes this lady is a total biatch. So he kind of calls, it's kind of funny. He call all the waiters in the back. They... Gentlemen, we have our first official biatch of the day. Oh, come on guys. She wasn't that bad, was she? Well, Amy, it's your table. You decide. She was a fucking bitch. Do it. You really don't know exactly what they're going to do yet. <laughs> no, you I, don't. You've known enough times that I knew it was going to happen, but go around. <laughs> the first thing we do is we add a little extra gravy to the mashed potato. <laughs> Ah, that's it. Good job, buddy. Good job. Nice one. Followed by a thin spread of cheese for your garlic bread. Some Fromunda cheese. Yeah, make us proud. Fresh from the taint. We like this. Good. Up next, what we're going to do is... Yeah, how about a little guacamole for the steak? Whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing? Come on, man. You can't be mixing Mexican and continental. Come on, man. I thought you was better than that. Have a little garlic salt. Ah! Ah! That's what I'm talking about. The net, baby. These guys have a deep commitment to their job. Finally, a garnish of alfalfa sprouts. Adds a touch of class. <laughs> touch of class. And I like when they came to the one to the next guy, and he's like. Yeah, how about a little guacamole for the yeah. snake? He goes to hawk a little. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing? You can't mix Mexican and continental. <laughs> Luis Guzman just cracks me yeah, up. Radimus, he's the best. You know, we should probably feel guilty, but she broke the cardinal rule. Don't fuck with people that handle your food. First off, two, two, all, only one guy, and that's Floyd, Dane Cook, is wearing something to cover his head. Everybody yeah. else is hanging out there. When we were in the kitchen, whenever I worked, we had hats, remember, that we would wear. Yes. So, like, we had the hat. I mean, you could wear any hat, but they gave us these hats that you could wear there. They gave us free shirts that we could wear there. But, yes, he does the – I love – they bring it back and – give it to her and she's got a big smile on her face and just takes that big fat bite and I'm just like kind of just like got my eyes a little bit just closed just like <laughs> you know it's a move you know it's not really it but man it's hard to separate the two and this is the cardinal rule that I've said all the time she broke the and that's what he says she broke the cardinal rule don't fuck with the people that handle your food a thousand percent yes and that is a hundred percent true that if, is if you don't like your meal fucking eat it anyway <laughs> exactly so like i said we had a bunch of little scenes that popped in and out that we kind of talked a lot about it like a lot of it's going to talk to bishop it's going to do this you know we learn about calvin you know other little things happen throughout the day that uh we kind of get a little bit later in the day and i kind of like the one scene where he runs into the old senile man yeah that's funny who has the most fucked up teeth ever <laughs> Oh, yeah, those are bad. You got to hope that those are fake. 
I, I hope to God that they're okay. It looks like he was like eating, like gargling bl- black ink or something. Before. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's some type of. Uh, He's got some gingivitis. You know, it, the the is in that mouth is is awful. He could use some of the that new that new whitening fat everybody's doing, like the mouth guard in there, with like the UV light. He, could use he just people. needs new teeth. Don't even mess around. Yeah. By the time he got him fixed, he'd be dead. But I can't remember all the lines that he says with him. I don't have my room down. I just like how he starts it. You know, they he makes him laugh. He, he's talking about he's going senile, and Monty makes the line trying to be you know being real nice to the old guy, just saying you know hey you know. You know, can't Alzheimer's can't be that bad. You know, you get to meet new people every day. And he's yeah. kind of like, he's like, I like you, Monty. He's like, I like you too, sir. And immediately after, he's like, I like you, Monty. Yeah, kind of forgot exactly <laughs> what he said. Kind of he was. <laughs> I just kind of like that little, like, just exchange between them. And this is right where Mitch, they start him on the training video. Have you ever done one of those? No, we've never. I, um, I mean, maybe I watched one when I worked at Diamond. I can't remember. I remember at the grocery store, I had to watch one of those. They are awful. And most companies, after you started them, they have some form of training you have to do, whether it be bank-related, regulatory-related, whatever it is. Those things are, they're so boring, but most of them are just awful. I, I, I associate it with meetings I have at work that don't apply to me. Yeah, but it's along the same lines. Well, it's like, obviously, this applies to him because he's working there, but for me, it how boring it is when I'm sitting in a meeting, which is about half the meetings that I go to and not a single bit of what we're talking about applies to me, but I have to sit there because it, everything has to be equal. Like if everybody else has to sit there, I have to sit there too. Yeah. But the dinner rush zero hour is upon us. As Dan would say, let us seize the day. He's giving everybody another pep talk. And I love the line right after from uh, Dane Cook Floyd. Yeah, yeah, carpet D's nuts. Carpet God, D's nuts. I've said that more than once. <laughs> what, damn it, I can't wait to quit this job. <laughs> carpet D's nuts. I've probably said that a few times, too. So we get the dinner rushes started. I just love how, like, right immediately, Floyd drops that steak on the on the ground. And yep. they are like, he's like, oh, like, fuck. And they're like, five-second roll, five-second roll. And they're all, like, counting down from five in the back. And he gets it up just in time and puts it on the plate. Because I um, almost had to use the 10-second rule. <laughs> but I love whatever they're handing uh, the steak to Dean on the plate. He goes, a little floor spice makes everything nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'll admit, being in a restaurant working in the kitchen, I am a, I am almost certain that I've, anytime I've dropped something on the floor, I've never I've never given it out. I was like, maybe, maybe, I, maybe a wing fell on the ground and we just tossed it back in the fryer or something like that and killed her. But we're like, that'll kill everything. <laughs> or you ate it. If I dropped it on, if I dropped the wing in the floor, I would put it in the fryer and I would eat it. I would Yeah, afraid. see that's the thing. You would eat it. I wouldn't have been afraid to eat it. If I put it back in the fryer, but he like literally picks it up on the ground and just slaps it right on the plate. <laughs> well, that's that's because it's a movie and it's funny. Yeah. Well, and I, but I, but like I said, I go, I'm sure that actually happens. Oh, I guarantee it does. More than you probably want to actually know, yeah. you know. There's, I, I was going to talk about this later, but there's that infamous picture of the person with the giant stack of tacos from Taco Bell, and he's just licking it. Some guy like posted that, or there's there's numerous other stories. There are rumors of people finishing themselves off into 
mayonnaise or something like that. Yeah, that that's that's out there. You get a bunch of cutscenes here of just showing it how busy and crazy a dinner rush can get at a restaurant. Yes. You have, it's stressful, you have arguing, you get overwhelmed at times. I, I know how, how this is this is like, especially when I first started at the restaurant, it was a new restaurant opening. Not everybody knew how to do everything like super well. So some people don't know how to do some things as good as others. Me getting yelled at and then whenever me being experienced, me getting frustrated and yelling at other people when you're busy, you're sweaty, you're hot, you're like, you know, you're underneath, you know, you're underneath that hood, you're right beside the fryer, you're beside the grill. You know, it's, it's stressful. You're getting more orders than you can handle. Especially, I, I like this scene whenever, because when I first started working, we had those tickets. Like the, You did uh, have the hanging the, tickets? The, the, whenever we first worked there, we had the hanging tickets. And that was a huge pain in the ass. Because you get so many tickets back there that you, you couldn't even, it was so hard to even keep it under control that did you guys switch to the electronic screens yeah we need the screens the screen set it back and it made it much easier to understand what you needed to do it was like a little just a lot more organized but as i said this this kind of this kind of hit this this movie definitely hit home for me and i was like saw some things that (laughs) reminded reminded me of life for me it was more along the lines of the events of as i said i worked in the grocery store i worked register i bagged groceries i worked in the grocery department stacking shelves i did all of that so there were aspects of it that reminded me of dealing with the general public on a day-to-day basis but i like how when mitch is watching this training video while this is going on and as like stuff like comes up in the restaurant or comes up in the video they kind of cut back and forth you know amy's talking to Dean, he's like, I guess if you become manager, you won't be able to date any waitresses. And then the video kind of goes over dating in the workplace and how like, yeah. you shouldn't do that. <laughs> and then how they're like, the food, you know what's great about this place? He's like, the food here is is cooked to perfection. And it shows like a steak coming out of the microwave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like desserts designed by gourmet chefs. And they pull it like out of the freezer and says like, Gourmet, by gourmet chefs, yeah, gourmet chefs. It says on there. If you open it up, it's just like freezer burnt cheesecake. <laughs> yeah, and he goes, "We always treat our guests with respect." And then you see Monty come around the corner. He goes, "Did you see the tits on table 12? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I laughed. Um, I think this is before they did that little montage. It's when they know that Dean Justin Long has been offered the promotion. He goes. Hey, Floyd, make sure there's no bacon on the chef's salad. It's against your religion, right? Yes, master. Right away, master. Ain't gonna be no, no bacon on the salad, master. No bacon. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no. Please. Oh, uh, uh, no. Mm-hmm. No bacon on the salad. Uh, he didn't say the like blue I cheese. I don't know why. Yes, sir. Blue cheese, sir, for you. Yeah. Got good blue cheese. That's right, for you, sir. Yeah. That bacon thing made me laugh so hard, though. I, I guess I just forgot about it because it's been a while since I've seen this movie. But, oh, man. That, you know, I thought that was really funny. We treat each other with respect and dignity. And then you see Radimus kicking Floyd in the ass. Calling yeah. him. <laughs> He's like, you fucking ass pirate. <laughs> you see everybody just like people arguing and pissed in the kitchen. But as soon as they walk out, they have the big fake smiles on their faces. Yeah. They, this is where you have, like, they kind of show little bits of stuff, like, 
uh, Natasha Hooks Monty up with a table full of young high school girls. She's like, you're going to love them. Yeah. He looks over and just kind of like just making small talk with them, like flirting with them, being like, so how old are you? They're like 16. He's like, oh my gosh, I thought you were older, like 19 or 20 or maybe even 21. And they all like, they start smoking real quick. And then the one lady's like, the one girl's trying to like light her cigarette. He's like, here, let me help you with that. He's like, stupid childproof lighters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably making fun of their age. Uh, another thing that happened in this time frame, they got the eight-year-old kid with the birthday. Oh, he's terrified. <laughs> he's terrified. But getting happy birthday sung to you in a restaurant is the worst Jesus. fucking thing. It's, it's awful. It's a nightmare. Stupid. Why would you want to hear people who can't sing sing to your kid? It's like if you're if you're if you're with your family and you want to sing happy birthday to him, go ahead. But don't make the people that work there have to sing happy birthday. Yeah. That's stupid. You hate it too. It's dumb. I also love when he pulls the cake and it just looks like it's like frozen and Oh yeah. I mean he slaps it down. It I was and then just like that's one of the scenes and they just pop to a scene of Dan dealing with a customer and he's like I don't doubt the steak was overcooked, but did you have to eat it all before yeah. you think about it? That has happened before. People eating an entire like something like burger or something being like that was that was that was overcooked or something. Well, you ate the whole thing, so you're not going to get refunded. You're not going to get refunded for it. No. If you would have taken like two bites out of it, and I could have seen that something was wrong with it, or if it was undercooked or something, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get it. But if you ate the whole thing, you have no proof that it was undercooked. That's why if you go to Hosses that make you cut it. Make sure it's the, the, to the to the right to your liking. It's just this hospitality, bro. Yes, it is. It's delicious too. Rush ends. We get to kind of like towards the slow time, closing time. You know, the wait the waiters are counting their tips, talking about how much money everybody made, and people are some people are complaining. Like Monty made more in one shift than the other guy did in his double shift that he made today. Yeah. But I just love how Monty sets them all up for the brains from Radimus right here. Yeah. <laughs> and that, right over balls. there. And you actually see, I'm pretty sure they are actually his balls. I had to laugh at the conversation they have with the girls about why in the world do they want to do it. There is no good reason. There is no good explanation for it. It's just what guys do. Exactly. It's just funny. Yeah. And then Naomi standing up showing her beaver was pretty funny. Oh, God. I like how she starts picking like little well, nasty looks, white things I, that are refused. it looked like um it's a peanut <laughs> I, I i don't even know exactly it's like you need to tame that beast honey yes <laughs> and this and this 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 ending scene where that's like right before closing how many freaking times in college this is like literally every friday night oh yeah every i actually wrote friday down night. closing time or after close is such like a special time at work everyone's winding down Closing time at the bar was chaos, but you once you got to the point where people started counting their tips, well, it was kind of like a big deal because everyone starts making plans and talking about well, where they, they're going to go and all that. At, at the bar, you like know that you're stuck there till two. Like people are going to be there on a Friday, Saturday night till two. Yeah, but like at the restaurant, like it could be nine o'clock and you close at ten, and nobody could come from nine to ten o'clock. Yeah, and you just sit there. You're already. Well, I like how the, the back's all cleaned up. Yeah, they, they they got everything cleaned up, and they're saying, "Don't have anyone come in. Don't have anyone come in. Don't have anyone come in." And sure enough, some oh, what the hell was his name? Three minutes, three minutes before the cus, three minutes before close, customer comes in, and who is it? Chet Miller. Chet Miller. All right, so a couple things about Chet Miller. 
Well, my, my, my thing is, I just, I, I go, it's, it's hilarious how it's Chet Miller and who's like the late waiter. And it's, of course, it's Dean whose mom had told him about Chet Miller earlier in the day. And so yeah. he's been thinking about that. And I love how pissed off the kitchen staff is. Yeah, because that is the exact reaction that would happen. And you're just flipping, flipping, flipping out. Because literally that, that entire order, you're salty. Like you've cleaned the grill, you've cleaned the fryers, and now you've got to cook food. I just love how ravenous he's purposely dropping all the food on the floor. Every single piece. He's like, look what I did. I'm all thumbs today. Yeah. <laughs> I go, Chet Miller looks like a guy that needs punched in the face. Yeah. And that's the attitude of somebody that needs punched in the nuts. So he <laughs> is way too excited to announce that he's making $48,000 a year. I wrote that down. I go, he's an electrical engineer making $48,000 a year. I go, that's pretty weak, even for 2005. Yeah, I mean, that's more than I made out of college, but I wasn't walking around telling as soon as I talk to someone how things going. Hey, I'm making this much money. And then he goes, he actually uses the line, I graduated with my bachelor's degree. Nobody says that. No one actually says, I graduated with my bachelor's degree. They would say, yeah, dude, I just finished school. No, I guess he just says, "Oh, what'd you major in?" Oh, electrical engineering. That's, yeah. what, you, that's what you think. Yeah, and that's the funny thing is, I go, "You're electrical engineer, and they're starting you at forty-eight thousand dollars a year." That might be right. That might be right in that range. But either way, like you don't, you don't celebrate it. Now, at the same time, there's no way you leave a tip that big if you're making forty-eight grand a year, and if you do have that kind of money to be walking around. You don't go to a shenanigans and leave that. You take a check out to like a nice place at 11 o'clock at night when, when places are closing or 10 o'clock at night or whatever. Well, what, what, what I'm saying is obviously he leaves, he doesn't always leave a $70 tip. He's leaving the $70 tip to Dean. Right. I know, but he's walking around with a hundred dollar bill and he's comfortable with leaving a hundred dollar bill. He's, and he's also another thing is, it's Chet probably trying to impress this chick he's with, you know. I know. And if he wanted to impress her, he should have taken her to a little bit nicer place than fucking shenanigans. Well, I don't know. <laughs> shenanigans might be a nicer restaurant in that town. We don't know what town. That's we true. That is true. They never actually say where it is. Yeah, we don't really know where it's so. at. But like I said, he like you said he leaves him a seventy dollar tip, and I just like the line he does. He gets it right back to him. He says, I think you need this more than me. It's exactly what Dean said to that redneck earlier in the day. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know. They, they made it come full circle, and they did a nice job of, of really putting Dean in his place and making him understand that, yeah, you're a waiter. Well, that and that kind of is what does it for Dean there, too. He decides not to take the manager job. He actually quits being a waiter. And I love when he quits – he's Dan, like, asking him, like, so have you thought about it? He's like, yeah, like, I don't want the manager job, and I quit. And he's like – I love how Dan like tries to fire him, even though he quit. <laughs> he's just yeah. kind of like, he's like, no, you're fired. You walked in here and you're, you're fired. You're, you're, you're fired. He's like, yeah. but I already quit. Like, no, it's, I already quit. He's like, no, 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 that's that's not what happened here. You yeah. walked in here and and you're fired. Yeah, <laughs> I love David. Like, thanks, thanks for being real mature, Dan. I am being mature. You're fired. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that's left is the party. Dean Dean comes back to his house. They're having another you know big like work party. Dean kind of fills Monty in on what happened at work. And like how Bishop gives Calvin his little idea about imagining all his friends cheering him on in the bathroom so he can pee. <laughs> you know, see yourself urinating. And I just love in his visual of like everybody from work cheering him on. There's randomly like a little midget in the background. <laughs> I didn't like, see the midget. I was just like, what's going on? Why is, why is this guy back here? He doesn't work with them. Hey, um, it's, his, it's his vision of it. 
And he's like, gets like super confident. He's like, I'm going to go talk to the high school girls while he's talking to high school girls. He gets all nervous and then ends up peeing his pants. Ends up peeing his pants. So Mitch is asked by Bishop about how his first day was. And he's literally about to tell him. And then Calvin cuts him off. I think I counted that 14 times. I may have missed one, maybe 15 times, that Mitch was about to say something and he was cut off. Like he had not had a, a line in the entire movie, pretty much. He would say like a word or two and then would be cut off every single time. And he literally just goes through, has everybody turn off the music and then just starts going off on everybody. Yep, just picks up, like, picks right at everybody's insecurities. And like, what's a Dean? He's just like, oh, I don't know. I want to be one of go up. He's like, join the fucking army. Yeah. <laughs> and then points <laughs> out Dane Cook. No, he points out Calvin. He's just like, you're too easy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he just he shakes goes, his head. He's like, yeah. And then when he's walking out, he stops and he points at Floyd. And he's like, you're the biggest piece of shit in this entire restaurant. He's like, what, what, well, what did I do to you? And then like they're all like looking at Floyd. And then when they turn back around, he's bent over, giving everybody the entire crowd the goat. And, and everybody, he's like, quit. But then Monty gets him to come back in. And, and that's kind of how it ends. It starts know, the great. next day. and That's your movie. Said no plot, pretty much. No plot, just to end the life of a restaurant and the people that work there. A lot of just little, like, you know, it's kind of like small comedy scenes the whole way through. Yeah, it's, it's probably, it, I read something about this, that the guy that wrote the movie kind of went off of things that he experienced in his life. You know, the the probably an old senile person, probably a redneck person that gave no tip and went, the bitchy customer, yeah. probably some of the people she's worked with in her life. The penis game probably may or may not have been real. It probably was blown portion. But so the thoughts on the movie, uh, as we said, I worked in a grocery store and a board, or, sorry, grocery store and a bar. You worked in a restaurant. I think it holds pretty well to it's a little bit overblown but i think the the general gist of what it's like to work in one of those is it it, I, it nails it i i know you know obviously it's a little extreme but i think for the most part like it got like mixed reviews mostly actually a lot of negative reviews after it came out i think mo- mostly that's because of how raunchy it was it yeah like that it was, was definitely what it was you know for somebody who's an older crowd that might have not been but you know I think Raunchy's funny still, so it doesn't bother me. Yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. Pretty accurate with how life is in a restaurant. You know, it's just dialed up a few notches. Yeah. Um, the Monty thing. We all know people that become part of the bar restaurant scene. It can be really addictive. You stay up late. You got camaraderie with people. You get to party. You get to sleep in. All that kind of stuff. He, You can see he's kind of heading in that direction. And that's the, that's kind of the split between he and Dean. That's where Monty's going, and you can tell he may just be in that forever. Mm-hmm. And he may end up working at a different restaurant or working at a different bar, but it's all the same thing. Yeah. People getting mad at each other, you know, at some point in the night. Um, and it's just, you know, and in the end, you all end up back at the same place, partying, having a blast together. Yeah. It's a, the, 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 one of the first lines in the movie. How do you feel about frontal male nudity? Pretty much sums up the movie. Yep. <laughs> um, I thought they did a good job of nailing. I wasn't a big fan of Calvin, but the him taking the double for the girl and then finding out she was on a date with someone else. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. That kind of yeah. nails it. We've seen we've all we've all seen something like that happen before. And but. one once one one story I will tell. 
that at my restaurant after this movie came out, an order of onion rings once came back. We were out of onion rings. So I went to the back to the deep freezer to get these onion rings, Ed. And somebody was standing on top of the deep freezer giving me the goat. <laughs> and I'll tell you one, one thing. The person who sent the order back to set me up was Arabic. And the person who was on top of the deep freezer, we lived with our first. So it was all years. set up. It was all set up. <laughs> and as soon as I turned around, turn around, old, uh, we'll call, we'll call him a uh, person with six names. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, no, no. He was the one that sent the order back. Yeah. He set me up. And I, when I walked to the back, it was Mr. M. With Jimmy, was standing on top of the deep freeze and he yelled, It's the goat, bitch. <laughs> and I'm just like, Ah, like, that was such a good setup. It was a good setup. <laughs> and yes, he called me a meat gazer and he yeah. kicked me in the ass yeah. four times. <laughs> and I smiled every single time he did it because I thought it was hilarious. That, that's pretty good. That's elaborate. All right. Anything else for that? Um, I just thought this movie kind of reminded me at the same, like around the same time. Like kind of like the clerks, yeah, and yeah. It's little, like another even, version of that. Even, even forty old virgin, actually funny though. Yeah, forty old virgin. It, it forty old virgin is funnier than this. But they spend a lot of the time, I mean, they they literally spend almost the entire movie here in the restaurant. Yeah, forty old virgin. They spend a lot of time in, in the store. Yeah, yeah. There hasn't been a there hasn't been one like this in a while, has there? Where they uh, work in like the service. A place. No. Now everybody works and has like high profile jobs anymore in movies. But best scene. It has to be when they send the food back, right? I literally had like three things down here. Well, that the penis game explanation. Yes, those are the those are the two. I, I did. I didn't say it was the best scene, but I also enjoyed the scene, the party scene where, where with Mitch going over everybody and then giving ready the goat, like right at the end. Yeah, it's 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 good. I, I wouldn't put it up with the other two, but it, the penis showing game and the yeah when you they they mess with the bitch and her yeah. food. That, those are definitely the two best scenes in the entire movie. So. Worst scene. I don't really have an individual one. It's more of a an aggregation of all the stuff where he can't use the bathroom. I don't know. I I don't have any use for it. It you know I I do agree with you. I didn't really even think about that part of it, and I just kind of was just you know some of those scenes with the the Nick and T Dog where they would just kind of like flash to them and they would just be like rapping, like talking gangster to each other for like no reason. Like and you know they just were kind of useless they were the bus boys and they were kind of useless the whole time so really nothing all their scenes you could have done without them and it would have been the movie would have been hilarious still yeah you wouldn't it, you would not have both both of those if you take them out of the movie then you don't notice it yep yeah uh best character i i put down radimus me too <laughs> He's, he's fantastic. I put down Radimus, and I was just like, I thought Monty was pretty good too. Monty's good, but Radimus is. But Radimus, he just, is he is batting a thousand every scene he's in. He just absolutely and destroys. 
his lines and his delivery were just perfect. Yeah, Luis Guzman is so good. Uh, worst character, I put down Nick and T Dog. I had Calvin. Like I said, Calvin, Calvin would be a close second, but then I also think Amy's pretty worthless too. She is pretty worthless, but she kind of ha- plays the role of the wet blanket girlfriend that is there, but she just is. That's all. She at least has. Um, she at least has the part where she gives the thumbs down. She's hot. Well, <laughs> that's a given. Uh, best line. You know, we should probably feel guilty, but she broke the cardinal rule. Don't fuck with people that handle your food. And if they didn't have the F word in there, they should have had that as the tagline of the movie. I'll I'll tell you around. That is what I had down as my tagline. (laughs) (laughs) As my best line, what I put down was, I almost put down that one, but then I went with, how would you like your steak prepared? Oh, let's see. Medium, medium rare. I just want a hot pick center. Yeah. We all, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are both been perfect tackles. Completely about yeah. that scene they were going around. I was like, I need to write that down as my best line scene because I always just when any time I go and I order a steak anywhere and they ask me how I'm prepared, I literally think of the scene. <laughs> I don't know why it's just in my head now all the time. And, and I don't it's not so much the medium medium rare thing. I just, I just want to look at them and go. I just want a hot pig center. <laughs> just say it back. Just say it back. Uh, you know it's fake because it was because uh, it's on the internet. The only thing I have is it was filmed in a converted Bennigan's restaurant, and it does look like a Bennigan's. I don't know if you've ever been in one, but that's a. I mean, that's what they look like inside. There was one when V and I lived in D.C. There was one that was pretty close to us. We'd go to every now and again. Yeah, the only other little history, like you said, yeah, that it was a it was converted Bennigan's res- restaurant. Um. Now it's completely renovated and it's a Verizon wireless retail store. That's yeah, there you go. Um, I saw that during the filming of the movie, the director Robert McKittrick and uh, Luis Guzman staged a staged a diva fight during the filming, and uh, where when Calvin was imagining his coworkers cheering him on in the urinal. Uh huh. He pretended to ditch a line from the script in favor of his own line, and the fight apparently seemed so realistic that the other actors became like really uncomfortable. <laughs> and Guzman just stormed out, and it was just all an April Fool's joke. I was looking at this Robert McKittrick too, and I did not. He has not done a lot of stuff. As no, he hasn't. It, no, he hasn't. And the stuff he did, I didn't recognize. Yeah, it's all random stuff. Uh, nothing I really knew of. Um, but uh, I, so- I had a hard time when I tried to look on the online. I would, you know, type in "waiting movie facts" and it would be "waiting to exhale movie facts" or "waiting for Guffman movie facts," not facts from the movie. This movie. So I don't know if there's more out there. Well, there's the the German the German people who are speaking with an Austrian accent <laughs> said. In, said in German, "Did you see the blonde girl? Her breasts were incredible. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Her breasts are incredible, or something like that." Um, Jordan Ladd, who we discussed, who's the love interest of Radimus in this movie, Daniel. Yeah, the part the part was offered to Paris Hilton and Molly Sims. 
and they uh, both refused. Molly Sims would have been too old. Um, other than that, like I said, I got, I got, I got, like I said, this most of the stuff is just IMDb lists on. But as I was just saying, I go there's. And the next movie we're doing may on the same time. I'll have to look that up. What do you got next, Ed? Complaints. I know it's a movie, but if Natasha were my daughter, my 17-year-old daughter, I would not let her go out to a bunch of parties after work and be out super. I'm Where... sure she's lying to the mother, but. Well, in real life, but I mean, that's the thing. Like, And then those 16-year-old girls go out to Bennigan's and then go, go to an after party, and they're out till like 1 in the morning. I wonder if those girls know Natasha. They're probably two years younger because they said they were 16 and she was almost 18. I didn't see a lot of edit issues or bad was cuts. It? I just, yeah. it was, um, the only other thing I had was about uh, the Chet Miller or whatever, the guy who is making 48 grand a year and just graduated with a bachelor's degree. That was, the, that was my biggest complaint. I said, the only thing I said is that when they're counting their tips like towards the end of the night, and they're playing the penis game. They're not like playing it in hidden areas. They're playing it like out in the middle of the restaurant. And what's her face? <laughs> stands up and just whips her bush out. Yeah. While the, well, there's I, ours, I, I, I mean, think there, I know I doubt there's anybody in the restaurant, but there's all those windows. Yeah. Could have been walking in. You know, they're not really paying attention. They're all talking to each other. Someone could have been getting ready to walk in. And I was just kind of like, that's that's an extremely ballsy move right there. It is. It is. But she's obviously completely insane. Yes, yeah. All right. What would you change about this movie? Less Nick and T Dog. You could kind of just cut that scene out where they're trying to light Dan on fire. Maybe change Calvin's character a little bit. Yeah, I, I would have kept the him doing the double for some girl and keep calling her, but I would have left out the yeah, whole I, I can't like pee thing. Really, I like him being kind of like socially awkward and like a little nervous. And, yeah, absolutely. I think it's good like that, but I just would have changed the. The I can't pee at a stall thing. All right. My favorite part. Should it be remade and who should be in it? I'm going to go with yes. Always. But I want to do it in like a bar restaurant instead of just a restaurant. And there's two things that it would do. One, I'd have more bartenders and have them way more involved. And then number two, no, no high school people and older. Get rid of the whole Dale Beatty thing. Um, I put no, you shouldn't remake this movie because we already have workaholics. Yeah, workaholics is good too. But again, those people work in an office, not in a restaurant. It's different. When you work with the public, it changes everything. And I but know like they, a, they they work as customer service, but they're over the phone. Like when you're face to face, everything's different. I know. But what I'm saying is, is that when you're trying to remake this movie, you can only do so much stuff in a bar or restaurant that you've that you've done in this movie already. Like it's gonna be hard. That's to, true. To knock a lot of the same jokes, to do the same thing. Like it's gonna be hard to make new stuff. Like they've already fucked with people's food. What could you do? You know, dip your balls or dick in their drinks? You know, or something. I don't know. You know. <laughs> now you're getting creative, Mike. But I've got a, I've got some names I want to throw out there, and this this took me a little while, and the reason it took me a little while is because I kept falling into the same trap that happens to a lot of. It's in a lot of movies. Is you've got the guy 
character, the actor is like 10 years older than the female character. And I was having a hard time finding male characters that are in their early 20s that could be funny. So I, I figured we could do, you've got the, the and I'm not going to try and go person for person, but Monty and Dean characters would be Miles Teller and Zac Efron. But maybe one of them doesn't work in the restaurant. He has like his life together and he's got a real job. Maybe he travels for it for something. And the other guy has a, not a, um, a, a, a hatred towards him, but like a jealousy towards him. And he feels like he needs to get his life together. The person that's a little bit of a loser is Skylar Gasondo. He's the guy from Vacation. He's the son. You'd recognize him if you saw him. Who is it? His name's Skylar Gasondo. He's in that new show, um, Santa Clarita Diet, that new Netflix show, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the the neighbor's son. Right? Is it their son? I thought he was their son. No, they have a daughter. I've watched oh, a couple maybe. Okay. I've just seen the promos for it, so. I've watched a couple episodes of it. It's actually pretty, it's pretty amusing. To me, That's what I hear. Them. I mean, it just got picked up. But um, you, you got to have like a, a hot bitchy girl. So I have either Bella Thorne, who's been in a couple things in that exact role, or Madison Eisman, who is the younger bitchy version in Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Because I had to find younger girls. Oh, she's like the... She's the one that's kind of like a priss and kind of a bitch. She, but she's like the high school girl. Yeah, she's the, the high school version. Yeah, I know. I know yeah. you're talking about that. I know you're talking about that. For the crazy waitress, I, I said uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. She's in uh, Neighbors 2, who's the completely crazy girl. Mm-hmm. The blonde one. Um Another girl you could potentially have as a waitress is Haley Steinfeld, who was in a bunch of the Pitch Perfect movies and has now kind of had her career kind of taken off. For a couple bartenders, bartenders would be a little bit older, Kat Dennings, Ashley Green, Tessa Thompson, and Jamie Chung, I figured are four people that could potentially be like, and as I said, it could be in a bar. So they could have a little more of a role instead of just being the, the people off to the side. I completely went a different way yeah. when naming people. Like I kept it. Their people are going to be older. They're probably going to be you know, 25 to 35. Well, that was the problem. I had to start finding other people. But the one thing we could probably match on is I had the manager. You still needed someone older and creepy. So I'm with either Jerry O'Connor and you'd have to make him look a little worse. Or do you know who Stephen Merchant is? Yeah. The British guy, I'd have one of those two be the manager. And then for the cook, I, I'd love to have Luis Guzman back, but you can't use him again. And then Romney Malco, um, the guy who played Jay from 40-Year-Old Version, I figured he'd be pretty funny back there. So that's my potential cast for a, a remake. I didn't really, like, I, I just picked characters and didn't wasn't really picking 100% which character like, in the movie that they would play. The guy, just like, just some male actors that I threw out there that could be waiters, bartenders, anything like that. I literally put, 
when I thought about workaholics, I was like any three of those guys. You have sure. Blake Andrews, Adam Devine. And I actually Andrew. looked right at Adam Devine. Said uh, he's already in. He's already done a bunch of these kind of things. But so is Zach Efron. I thought about like you know I'm, I'm thinking thinking about some of the guys from you know, like Charlie Day could be like something like in in you know kitchen worker something sure. Um, I even threw down like possible females. I just put down Emma Stone. You have. Because Ryan Reynolds made me think of like Blake Lively, sure, and like Jennifer Lawrence, right? But like I said, I that that was where I kind of hit the wall with. I wanted to find people that were younger and closer to college age. Like I said, I don't know a ton of younger people. I think <laughs> Selena Gomez, just because she's young. She is younger. She could just play like a hot the hostess or something like that. I don't know, you know, like a smaller part or bartender. And then I threw <laughs> I threw in a, a couple guys. They could either work the kitchen or I thought they could play the manager. And I put down Jack Black, um, Danny McBride. Danny uh, McBride as a manager would be pretty good. I, was, I even thought Danny McBride, you know, almost kind of like having him as like almost your Dane Cook character. Yeah, he would be perfect for that. And, but then like the manager, like Kevin, Kevin James or something like that, you know, where yeah, he's yeah. Older. He's a little bit older. He's good at being like kind of weird and goofy. Um, I even threw in that like having the weird goofy waiter like Calvin could be like Jesse Eisenberg because he's a little weird and goofy. I looked at Jesse Eisenberg too as potential. Or uh, I, I tossed in the old man cameo <laughs> where you just have like a weird old guy right at the table. I threw in Bill Murray just for shits. Oh, he'd be perfect for that. But yeah, I, I'd want a couple more lines out of him. Yeah, like I said, I go literally. This, this is you talked about this, sent me that stuff, and I literally was. This is what I was doing like 15 minutes before. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have much time to think of it. I That's was just, all right. Like I said, I I did some digging on my phone earlier to, to try and find some names that were some younger actors and actresses, and I don't know. Maybe it's because we just don't watch any of those kind of movies anymore. Anything else on the movie? The only thing that I noticed is. In the movie, he asks how long he's been a waiter for, and he says four years. And then when he's talking to Bishop, Bishop goes, how long have you been working here? He goes, one year, four months, and he's like, yeah. Now, granted, he said, how long have you been a waiter? He didn't say, how long have you worked here? Right, so he could have worked anywhere else before that. Started working when he was 16. That would make sense. No, no, no. He's, he started working when he was out of high school, so he said 18. He's 22. He's 20, yeah. Okay, 22. The other guy just graduated. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, uh, thanks for thanks for listening in. Be sure to share with, with others, people you, people you like or even people you hate. Uh, follow us on Twitter at WorthTheWatchPC. Email us at WorthTheWatchPodcast at gmail.com. Send us suggestions, movies you want to see. Mike and I got to put together our next list of five to seven movies out. So we'll, we'll, we, we're up for some suggestions if you have any. But uh, what, thanks. What is the next one again, Ed? Hollywood Homicide. Oh, I like that one. I uh, can't wait. It's a great one. It's a great one. And you know it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> one of the last uh, 
That was one of the last good Harrison Ford movies, but he hasn't he hasn't done a lot recently. Well, and this is another one of those movies that it de- it doesn't have a big you know following. It probably didn't get the best reviews. No, but it's great. I, I enjoy it. Very lighthearted. A lot, a lot of fun. Of a lot of fun. All right, we'll catch you next time. Right out.